All right. Hey, Christian. EP's coming soon. What's up? Man, I'm so excited for this. Uh, man, this is going to be an amazing tool for you, you know, in your own life, but telling your friends about it. And obviously just you'll, you'll have the sound of our youth ministry in your ears whenever you want. And that is exciting. And so uh, we're getting close. We're getting close. Hey, again, a special welcome if you're new tonight. Come on, clap for all the new people. Sam, well done bringing the most friends. You just asked everybody. That's what you did. Wherever you're at, Sam, well done. Clap for Sam one more time. Hey, one more announcement tonight, and I am so excited about this. Uh, starting next week, next week, we are launching our very own podcast. Yes, podcast starting next week. Youth After Dark. And so you're going to be able to Thursday morning uh, listen to a podcast. Basically, maybe you want a little bit, you want to get a little deeper. You want a little bit more. You want a, more Bible verses, more uh, ideas about the series and the sermon, all of those things. We're going to discuss it. And so Thursday morning, when you're going to school, we'll have a podcast ready for you uh, to, for you to listen to it. It's going to be exclusively on the True North Church app. And so make sure you download the, the True North Church app and so you can listen to the podcast. It's going to drop every Thursday morning. And so when you wake up, go to school, Youth After Dark is ready for you. It's going to be cool. All right. Are you ready for the word tonight? I'm not really a big uh, title guy, but I'm going to give you a title tonight, okay? The title, if you're taking notes, write it down. The other side. The other side. Can we pray? Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful to be here tonight. So thank you for every person within the sound of my voice. God, I pray in the next few moments that we have together before we go back into worship to lift up the one name, the name that saves, the name that heals, the name that restores, the name that gives hope, the name of Jesus. God, I pray that we would get something from your word. God, we're not just here just to sit and relax for the next few moments, God, but let us lean into you and what you're going to say to us through your word. God, I pray that you would do what only you can do. God, give us hope, give us courage, give us confidence, give us boldness, give us peace. God, we're thankful for every person in here who may be struggling with anxiety and fear, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the supernatural peace would just rest on them. For people who are just struggling with fear and anxiety and depression, God, I pray that you would comfort them. God, that they would draw to you in these moments. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Come on, everybody said. Matthew 8, verse 18 through 22. You ready? Do you have your Bibles? I, got about, I think we got verses on the screen. There it is. All right. Here we go. It says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him... He gave orders to cross to the other side, the other side, the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, First, let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me 
and let the dead bury their own dead. Now, if you just heard that verse and you're like, what is going on? What does that verse mean? I'm confused. Why is Jesus saying that? That's good. That's good. If you just heard that and you're pondering and questioning, hey, what does that verse actually mean? That is a good thing. Here's just a little tip for you, youth, and I want you to be Bible people. We are Bible people. We believe that this is the authoritative word of God in our lives, meaning I have surrendered my life to Jesus and I now have submitted my life to what this book says. And so, but it's important that you know how to read it. It's important that you read it properly. I don't know if you guys are like up on current current events. You might have seen it on social media, but um, Russia is invading Ukraine right now and it's terrible. And if you saw it on social media and things like that, my hope for you is that you just pray and you pray that God would intervene and you pray that God would do what only he can, he can do and that's soften hearts and that's give discernment, that's give wisdom, that's give peace, that's give comfort. That's why we pray, we believe in the power of prayer. Amen. But I saw, um, I saw the leader of Russia, he quoted John 15 in like some rally. And John 15 is, uh, it says, you know, no greater love than someone to lay down his life for his brother. That's, that's not the right context on what Jesus is saying there. That's not a verse to be like, oh yeah, we're going to go invade a country. That's not right. And so, my hope for you is that you know how to read the word of God, that you understand it, that you use it properly. Always be reminded, Satan knows scripture. Satan knows scripture. My hope for you is that you know scripture, but you know it properly, that you understand it in its right context. Context, context, context. Most of the problems you have or most of the issues that you have when you read the word can be solved, not all, but most, by reading it in its proper context. I say this often, um, the Bible is certainly more than a book, but it's not less than a book. You with me on that one? Meaning like you just don't pick up a, a, a random Harry Potter book and just start reading it in chapter 13. Maybe if you're Julie, you do, because she reads them all the time. But, like, you don't just pick up a random book and just start reading in it, do you? No, of course not. So why do you read the Bible that way? It's understanding the, the Scripture in its entirety, the, the whole meta-narrative that runs from Genesis to Revelation. It's having that view, 40,000 feet view, but it's also understanding the passages that you read. And so what's going to help us understand what this verse means is if we read this section ahead of it, Matthew 8, verse 14. Are you still with me? It says, when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law laying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on that, wait on him. I just love that verse so bad. Jesus comes in, heals her, and she just gets up and it's like she just starts working. Like she is supernaturally and miraculously healed. He began to wait on him. And when evening came, many who were demon possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill the, spo the spoken prophet through the prophet Isaiah. 
he took up their infirmities and bore our diseases. Then, that, then, that, then what we just read comes in verse 18 when Jesus saw a crowd around him. He gave the orders to cross to the other side. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And then another disciple said, Lord, first let me go bury the dead. And then Jesus said, Follow me and let the dead bury the dead. What Jesus is just saying here, Jesus does what Jesus does. He does miracles. He does the supernatural. He heals. And people see that and they're like, oh, that's incredible. Jesus just touched a woman and she healed. A guy showed up and he has possessed by demons. And demons like, Jesus is like, mm, get out. And then they're like, whoa, I'm following that guy. And Jesus turns around and he goes, foxes have dens. Birds have nests, but the son of man, who you want to follow, he didn't even have a place to lay his head. And then someone says, oh, wait, hold on. Jesus, before we, before we go, I, my, my dad died. Can I bury him? And Jesus goes, nah, let, let the dead bury the dead. And so you have this moment here, what Jesus is saying is, hey, don't follow me for temporary advantages. Don't follow me just because you think that life is going to be awesome and good and pleasant in the temporal. Because right now what just happened, there's an expectation that Jesus is going around healing, healing, healing. You're like, oh, my gosh, I want to follow him. I have, um, I have four kids, Isla, Esme, Banks, and Bodie. The, 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 the two boys are twins, right? So... It's, it's intense. It's, it's awesome, though. I love it. They're the best. Banks and Bodie, Island, Esme. How old is Island? Five? Almost five. Almost five. I don't know. Oh, boy. And then Esme is three. Nailed it. Crushing it. Don't ask me their birthdays. And, uh, and then Banks and Bodie are, are eight months. And so what's funny now is anytime someone, like, gets pregnant or something like that, and April will be like, hey, did you see so-and-so's pregnant? I'm like, wow, it's incredible. Um, when my girls over here, they'll go, wait, what's going on? And we'll be like, oh, you know, so-and-so's pregnant. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's incredible. One baby or two? <laughs> and we'll go, no, no, just, just one baby, just one baby. So, and that happens all the time. I go, one baby or two? Just one. They're just pregnant with one baby. But what happened was is that what Island Esme saw when April had twins, two babies, is there was an expectation that was created. And Jesus here, when he just heals and he does miracles and he does the supernatural, and they're like, hey, I want to follow Jesus because of that. Jesus is going, hey, this is just temporal. I've come to do something eternal. I've come to, to heal the soul, to save the soul to send people to eternity forever. And so Jesus is saying, hey, um, it's all not going to be easy when you follow me. I don't even have a place to rest my head. And then I love this guy. And, and you have to remember here, like I said, context is important. Jesus is teaching. This isn't like some guy just running up and being like, hey, hey, uh, my dad just died. And uh, I need to go bury him. And Jesus is like, oh, okay, uh, no. You follow me. Like, that's not what's happening here. Jesus is in a, a, a teaching setting, and someone is asking this question, and Jesus is addressing it within the setting of, his, of what he's teaching. And so this isn't like, um, well, uh, someone just died. Like, I don't go to their funeral. Like, that's not what that verse is saying, right? 
Like this verse isn't being like, don't go to funerals or viewings or anything like that. That's not what this verse is saying. What Jesus is teaching here is he's saying, hey, I'm priority number one. What does Matthew 6 say? Seek first if seek first him and his kingdom and his righteousness, right? Jesus is saying, hey, I'm top priority. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm either Lord of all or I'm not Lord at all. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm number one. I am the top and the utmost priority in your life. If you're gonna follow me, you're gonna follow me for me. You're not just following me for what I can do, you're following me because, because it's God. That's why you follow God, because he's God. And so you have this moment here, Jesus shows up, he does miracles, he does the supernatural, and then people are like, woo let's go, I'm following Jesus. And Jesus is like, hold up, pause, foxes have dens, birds have nests, son of man has no place to rest his head. You wanna follow me? Let the dead bury the dead. I'm number one, I'm the top priority, I'm of first importance. You're following me because, because it's me. And then we're going to pick up the story here, verse 23. Remember verse 18? It says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, and he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake, and then a teacher of the law came to him and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And then verse 20, Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Verse 21, another disciple said to him, Lord, Lord, first let me go bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Verse 23. Are you ready? It says, then he got into the boat and disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that their waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Verse 26, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. Anybody like really vivid dreamers when they sleep? Raise your hand. Are you guys like, you wake up and people are like, hey, what's your dream about? And you could be like, hey, this is what I dream about. Anybody? I, I'm there. I am a vivid dreamer. Like when I wake up in the morning, everyone's like, how was your sleep? I'm like, yo, I had this dream. It was crazy. It was intense. And so I, I, I have those dreams. And so uh, a few nights ago, I think it was like Monday night or Tuesday night, one of the babies wake up and babies wake up every night. Sometimes I wake up, sometimes I don't. April wakes up. And so... April gets up and it's like in the middle of the night and I'm in one of those sleeps that's like, whoo, it's, I'm comfortable. You know what I'm talking about? I'm, com oh, you know, I am, I'm zonked. I am feeling tired and I'm sleep. I'm having a great sleep and I'm having this dream that is bizarre world. Any of you guys have like bizarre dreams? I, I was, I can't even get into it right now, but it was one of those weird dreams, right? And so I'm sleeping, I hear a baby crying, and I am in like, so, I'm just so comfortable right now. I am like, whoo, but I see April wake, wake up and get up to go get a baby. And so I, I, I kind of remember this, but not really. But I, 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 I like to encourage April in the middle of the night when she's, you know, like taking care of the children. And so I, 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 I decided to tell her about my dream 
and encourage her. I tried to encourage her to be like, hey, it's okay right now. I mean, encourage you, but I just decided to tell her, um, hey, at least you didn't get stung by an octopus. <laughs> so she goes, what, what did you say? Is that what I said? What exactly did I say? Not, at least you don't have a nightlife as an octopus. Something like that. Like something, uh, something really weird and bizarre, but I'm telling you, in my dream, it made sense. But <laughs> maybe it didn't. I don't know. But I was just trying to, I was trying to comfort her while I was just super, when I was just super comfortable. And so what you have here is you have Jesus asleep, comfortable, in a storm. And I think what's happening here is Jesus is going to address his disciples, his followers, with where do you get your comfort from? Foxes have dens. That's their comfort. That's where they have rest. Birds, they have their nests. That's where they have their comfort. That's where they go to rest. They're in a storm. The disciples are in a storm, and they're going, hey, Jesus, what's going on? What do we do? And Jesus is going to address them to go, hey, where do you get your comfort from? Because this is what, a question that we need to ask ourselves of where do we get our comfort because a lot of us, like, what's so prevalent in our generation and our day of age is, like, we may not realize it or not, but we get our comfort by just binging Netflix shows. We get our comfort by just getting lost in the reality of someone else's reality. We get our comfort from just going on social media or TikTok and scrolling for hours and forgetting all our issues, our, in, our insecurities, our problems, and we just scroll and we scroll and we scroll, and without knowing it, we're just masking our insecurity, our problems, our fears, and we're getting our comfort in social media. A lot of us, we try to get our comfort in sports. We get our comfort in just doing, being competitive, playing, scoring, being the star athlete, doing what we do. A lot of it's in school, a lot of it's in academia, and like all those things in, them, uh, in and of themselves are not wrong. But what is wrong is when we try to use that as our comfort and where we go when God is saying, hey, I'm right here, I will be your comfort. And we're chasing everything else that's leaving us unsatisfied and wanting more when Jesus is right there going, hey, I'm here. I'll be your comfort. I'll be your comfort. It's like, hey, like, look to Jesus. Like, in the storm, when there's issues in your life, that's the tough thing about it. When we're talking about expectation and Jesus healing, like, I'll be honest with you, I've been in the hospital room, and when I pray, I pray with expectation that God will heal. I pray with expectation that God can restore. I pray with expectation that God will move in the supernatural when it's in the temporal. But that's not why I follow. I follow because he's worthy. I follow because he's God. So that's where the tension is, and I feel that here. Because some of you, you're in a storm right now. Some of you, you've been in the storm. 
Maybe you lost a parent. Maybe your parents are getting a divorce. Maybe you lost a friend or a relative or a cousin. And someone passed away in your life and you feel like, man, I got fear, I got anxiety, I feel depressed, I feel anxious. There's so much going on in the world right now. I feel like I'm in a storm. And I want you to lean into Jesus and go, hey, I'm going to look to you in the storm. I'm going to look to you, I'm going to trust you, and you are going to be my comfort. And God will be number one in your life. It says, seek first the kingdom and all else will be added. But first and foremost, I'm looking to you. First and foremost, I'm looking to you to be my comfort. I want to end here in verse 26. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to worship. The thing about the storm that I want you to get is that the storm is also temporary. The storm is temporary. I think often we're a prisoner of the moment. We can't see past tomorrow. We got caught up in all our issues, all our problems, all our insecurities, all our mess ups. But I want to encourage you tonight that the storm is temporary. That God is going to see you through it. That he's going to work and move in a supernatural way. The storm is only temporary. I love Jesus' response here. When he says, uh, they run to him and they're saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. <laughs> I can only imagine we're on a boat. And it's calm and then a storm rolls through and you're like, holy smokes, I think we're going to die. And you have the son of God sleeping. And maybe you feel like that way tonight. You feel like you've been praying prayers, but God hasn't been answering. You feel like it's been heavy in your soul, in your mind. And it's like, man, where, where is God at in this? And they, they come and they wake him up. And in verse 26, he replied, you have a little faith. Why are you so afraid? Jesus' address to his disciples is about faith. It's about faith. We are people of faith. The Christian life is a journey of faith. It's going, hey, there's a storm around me, but I'm trusting in you. Man, there's issues, there's problems, there's mess ups, but I'm trusting in you. I may not be able to see through it, but I know that you're going to take me through it. That's the life. It's a life of faith. You're waiting to get to the other side. I'm ready for my breakthrough. I'm ready to get to the other side of this issue, this fear, this anxiety, this heartbreak. This pain, this fear, I'm ready to get to the other side. And my simple encouragement for you tonight, have faith. Have faith in the God who saved your soul. Have faith in the God who plunged you from the grips of hell and sent you on a destiny towards glory in heaven forever. 
have faith that God is going to take you to the other side. I love that it was the disciples that went to Jesus. It wasn't just one of them. They went together. That's what this is about. That's why we have crews. That's why we have tribes. That's why we do this. We do this together and we can collectively go to Jesus in faith and say, God, I trust you. I have faith in you that you're going to see me to the other side. Amen. Come on, reach your hands to heaven. Let me pray for you and we'll go into worship here. Father, I thank you that we could have faith in you in whatever storm we find ourselves in. God, I thank you that we could have faith in you that you're gonna see us through. God, there are students in here who are struggling with pain, with fear, with anxiety. They feel like the storm might be overtaking them. God, I pray that you draw near in these moments. God, that they would be reminded of your faithfulness, of your goodness, of your steadfastness, of your love, of your mercy. God, I pray in these moments that you would just give them a peace that would only come from you. God, meet students right where they're at tonight. During this time of worship, God, would we not be distracted? God, would we fix our eyes up towards you? And God, would you meet us right where we're at? We give you this time in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, church, Trinity Youth is happening on Wednesday nights right here at our Mullica Hill campus at 7 o'clock. It's from 7 to 8.30, and we really want to cultivate an environment of just relationships and encouragement right here at youth. So no matter where your student finds themselves during the week, whether they have a, a good week at school or a bad week at school, where they're struggling in sports or wherever they may find themselves, they can come in on a Wednesday night and experience some encouragement, some hope, some peace that they can come in during praise and worship and have a God encounter. And we really believe that when they come into youth on a Wednesday night, they're gonna leave change, empowered and encouraged. So we would love to host your students here at youth seven o'clock right here at our Mullica Hill campus. We would love to see them out.